Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode 68 of the Arcade Repair Tips live show for October 2022. My name is Jonathan Leung. I'm the producer, director, and editor here at the Arcade Repair Tips blog. And joining me today, as always, is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, Tim Peterson. He made it, guys! Round of applause. <laughs> it was finally here, right? Right, exactly. So we, yeah. had to, we had to wait on Tim a little bit. You got hung up, so yeah. that happens. Well, you know, you forget to... Factor in school bus routes, all that kind of stuff. Um, just took me a little longer than expected today. Sorry, guys. That's okay. <laughs> We're just glad you're here, Tim. I'm speaking for all the live chat, at least. Okay. I'm glad you're here, because that right. means I don't have to do a show by myself, which is really <laughs> important. So, uh, But we are glad that you are here as well, and we do want to apologize for the delay. Hopefully, it won't hold you back too much. Uh, Tim, we are going to run into football. We were going to run into football anyway. Yeah. Uh, for those of you guys who are watching Thursday Night Football, Tim, have you had any problems watching Thursday Night Football? I hear a lot of people griping because it's on Prime Video now. Well, I have prime video so i haven't had any issues watching it having time to watch it has been my issue lately so and there hadn't been any really good matchups that i just really wanted to see yet i understand well hopefully you're not having problems watching that but we would rather you watch this here tonight with us we're glad that you're here um we did have a couple of little things going on during the live chat tim okay. uh, during our little delay if you will and so i did want to kind of address those before we get into the rest of the show uh, we had Jumping General says his original Galaxian monitor has pro- problems, and he was told that putting a cap kit would be difficult. He was told to replace it with another Wells Garner 19-inch. I like ori- I like original games. Any thoughts? Now, uh, Real Hammer Billy Lee chimed in, which we appreciate, and said doing a get- cap kit isn't very difficult. And there are many places you can send the chassis off. And Tim, that's exactly right, right. correct? So you can send that chassis off to repair. Um, I noticed that uh, Real Hammer Billy Lee mentioned Arcade, uh, Buffett, and uh, Sharp Image Repair, which is Enrique. Both places they are really great to send your monitor off to. We would also add Chad at ArcadeCup.com to that list, mm-hmm. as well as our friend Paul from Paul'sMonitors.com. Uh, so Paul Jure does a really good job with repair as well. So, I mean, any of those places are really good. Um, here's the thing, though, Tim. Cap kits are not very difficult as far as um, repair goes, right? Right. No, it's all probably easier to do a cap kit most of the time than it is to replace a monitor. About it really doesn't take that long, and it's good to it's a kind of a a good beginner repair. Like it does, you don't have to have a lot of skills as long as you can solder, uh, or you've had a little bit of experience. It's not real difficult to do, and it's a great way to save those uh, older monitors and and stuff like he talked about keeping it original. It's one of the best things that you can do. 
Absolutely, and that's what we, we're going to be talking about that a little later. Sam, we've got a question about that concerning a Phoenix arcade machine, so hopefully you guys will stay tuned for that. Um, but in Jumping General's case here, Tim, we don't really know what's going on with the monitor. So, right. Jumping General, if you could tell us what kind of symptoms your monitor is experiencing, we could probably tell you better if a cap kit is really what you need. You may not need a cap kit. You may need something else. And so, if you'd let us know what issue the monitor is experiencing, we could give you a little bit better input on that. Plus, uh, you may know the model. I don't know if you do or not, but if you know the make and model, that always helps as well. So, mm -hmm. um, But, again, you can always ship it off to one of the many people that we recommend for, for arcade monitor repair. There are several, Tim. And you can find most those people on our resources page at arcaderepairtips.com slash resources. So, okay, Tim, well, I think we're done with all okay. the, the stuff. We kind of already covered a question. Look at that. That was that, <laughs> that fast. We do want to remind you before we get into the outline, though, that you can interact with us in the live chat by leaving your comments and questions there. Tim, it's always nice when we have a lot of people here, and we definitely have a good audience here tonight, it looks like. We got uh, Silly Sausage 72 is here. We have Jumping General, who we mentioned before, who asked a question. We got YouTube Punk in the house, Tim. Real Hammer Billy Lee is here, of course. Let's see. Am I missing anybody so far? Um, Javi Jitters is here, Tim. We okay. have him here as well. And I think that that is everybody. Welcome, so, you guys. Welcome, guys. We're so glad to have you here tonight. And we hope that you will enjoy this presentation of the Arcade Repair Tips live show that we have for you. <laughs> so, okay, well... Let me say this. Obviously, you're a little late, Tim. How are you doing otherwise? Is everything going good? I should say that before we get into this. <laughs> well, right? it's always good. Um, you know, uh, life in general just seems that every time you think you're going to slow down, it just seems to ramp up. Um, you know, just we had a plumbing issue at the house that we couldn't hardly, we couldn't hardly yeah, figure say, out. Yeah, we've had the same thing. Um, so hopefully my bill's going to be a lot less. I think I found out why it's, gonna, why it's been quite a bit. Uh, we had a leak out in the yard, and just random a tree branch went into our water pipe. Oh my goodness! And so, you know, just odd stuff. But you know what? Um, life life really is good. I, I mean, there, everybody has those same type of struggles. You know, we talk about it, John. Um, everybody kind of goes through something, but as long as you're, as my dad used to say, I'm above the ground, and I'm, you know, my family's fine, health is good. Life is good. So, um, other than just being busy, I took a trip. We'll talk about later. Um, I got another trip coming up. So, um, it looks like about every five or six weeks, I'm going to be doing quite a bit of traveling. So, and all over the country. So, we'd love to, I'll try to announce those as much as possible. Uh, like getting to meet Paul at one time. And if I'm ever in your area, please reach out. I'd love to find an arcade near you and hang out or do something uh grab some food or a beer or something that would be cool so anyway um just everything's going okay you know just trugging along finally getting school started getting in that routine around our house you know is a big deal and uh but i feel i feel good everything uh, just you know common issues but we just get past them and keep going and enjoying life Seems like I'm I'm really enjoyed traveling some and meeting some new people and a lot of different places. That's good, Tim. And uh, he sent me a video saying that you'd hit a lot of Dunkin' Donuts where you were. There's a teaser yeah. for where he was. Um, uh, Tim, I'm a huge. I Dunkin think I've fan, ate, so. ate quite a few while I was there too. Yeah. Love Dunkin'. Um, our Dunkin', our Dunkin' Donuts here is very inconsistent. We've talked about this, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> so sometimes you get like a really good, uh, good barista coffee's really good. Sometimes you don't. Right. So, but you see, we have one Dunkin' Donuts and we have like 15 Starbucks. Is how it works uh -huh. here. So you know, it, sometimes I just end up with Starbucks. Anyway, enough about coffee. I love coffee. Did I mention that? <laughs> All right. I'm a, I'm a computer Dunkin programmer. Coffee. That's like something that we do. Dunkin' coffee is my favorite, Tim. But you know, sometimes if Starbucks is close, I got to do Starbucks. Right. Yeah. Whatever. 
But anyway. Oh, it's all good. There you go. Oh, TexJYT is here as well. Cyborg 2000 is here as well. Welcome, guys. Some of, some of you guys are pretty new. I don't recognize some of the names. If y'all don't mind, just shout out where you're from. Yep. I think it, we always like to recognize Name in town. different uh, Name places that you're from. Um, even some of you regulars, some of the new guys may not know you. So thank you guys for joining tonight. Looks like we've got quite a few new names I haven't recognized before. Absolutely. So, Okay, Tim. I think we got all the pleasantries out of the way. Let's Let us, get to it. Let's get to the outline. And the first question we have here is from John. And John says, I need help, please. I purchased a Cinematronics World Series this season, and I can't get into the service menu. I followed the manual's instructions. It's on free play. Is there a different way to get to the service menu? Now, Tim, this is a game that we don't see very often. No, but a game it's a pretty that, rare game. I was going to say, a game that a lot of people remember very fondly. Because, I mean, I've heard, it seems like over the last couple of weeks, for some reason, I've heard this game mentioned quite a bit. And it's like a lot right. of people have very <laughs> fond memories of it. And I understand that. But Tim, uh, we have John here who's having a hard time getting into the service menu for this game. So it does have a little bit different procedure for that, correct? Right. There's a. It's kind of a sequence of stuff. It's kind of not the average you open up and hit the service button and you're right there. Right. And and that's kind of common for some of those, I wouldn't call it a, necessarily a rare game, but it's not very, not very well known, as well known as like Pac-Man or something like that. So I know you're going to bring up a slide, John. If you want to, you can actually go ahead and bring it up because okay. you, you did such a good job on researching this. Uh, so going into the service menu is different, like you said, from other games. you got to hold down the player one start button while pressing the service button inside the corridor. Then release the player one start button. The game should enter the service menu. Yeah, so, so th this is a little tricky, right? It's kind of like uh, getting extra men on a Nintendo game or something. Like you got to go up, down, left, right, 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 or something. You know, So it's not just that simple, but once you get in there, uh, then... You should be able to. Now, assuming he read that right. in his book uh, or the manual, he had the manual. So if it wasn't working when you tried it, then there's probably something wrong with the wiring to one of your buttons. Right. So you need to double check all the way back to your harness and make sure that there's not a wiring issue. Because I'm assuming even though that is difficult, it's not that hard to read and follow instructions. But he may have just missed it too. So either way... Do those instructions, and John will post it back up here in a second again. But it could be a wiring issue that's not recognizing one of those buttons being pressed, or or what, or a start button or a service button not working. Sometimes is a ground issue or something wrong with the button itself. Yeah, and Tim, in this particular case, I think we'd have to look at the service switch first. More than likely, your player one start button is probably working if you're able to play the game. Right, you're able to play it. Right, That's a good, so good exactly. Call. So we're probably you're probably okay. You still want to check it to make sure, but I think definitely checking the wiring on the service button is going to be what you want to do in this particular case. I will bring the slide back up so we can kind of read that part. If this is not working, so if you try the procedure that Tim just outlined, it's not working. It could be that your player one start or service button is having a connection or switch issue. Now, you want to double check all the wiring going to both buttons. Make sure that their connection to the board is good. Make uh, And then you can test this and the button switches using the continuity check setting on your multimeter. Right, Tim? Yes. So that is very important. Uh, Tim, we have a multimeter right here if you would like to demonstrate this for everybody. <laughs> right. So um, I know we talk about this a lot, guys. We don't always show this. If you've seen our video or our post on... Um, 
on checking fuses with a multimeter, it's basically the exact same thing, but this allows you to check the uh, wiring as well that way to make sure that you're getting a connection all the way through. Um, I think you got it there, Tim. You want to try it real it. quick? Yeah. Have, it may have a mode. Try it. Okay. There we go. Okay. So, yeah. So, you got to go into your um, ohm meter. You're checking your ohms, but it's nice. You find the one that has the sound or it look like echo waves flowing right. out. And by turning that on, you'll put one side of the wire here and one side there. Oh, and if it, yeah, here, we'll, hey, we'll demonstrate it live. So you're going to put one side here on the, the other wire. The strips. I don't know if it's going to work very good. We'll try. Yeah, we'll try this <laughs> wire right here. And then you would touch it to the other side right there. Yeah, as I'd say. That, that end's not stripped. Yeah. <laughs> if you get it up in there, you may be able to do it. Yeah, so, so I think we hit, did we hit the wrong button? No, I still have it, I think. Oh, hang on. There it is. Okay, so here it is. So we're going to go here and here. If I've got continuity, it's going to beep like that. And then when I let go, so you're going to check the wire at the button and also check it back here at the harness and make sure that you've got continuity there. Continuity is very important. We use our multimeter to do everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tim, I think you have a saying about that. Trust your eye, or trust the meter. Don't right. trust your eyes. Don't trust right? your eyes. Everything, a lot of wires look good. You can't always see the little tiny breaks and stuff in there. So you want to trust your meter and go with what it says. Now, not all of them beep. Some of them just go to zero on the ohms, and that's okay. You're looking for no, the resistance, you know, there to be solid. And so... Uh, you can use either either method, but it sure is handy just to listen to a beep. You don't really have to uh, be even watching the meter. You can just set it down, touch it, and you hear it beep. You know you're good. It really depends on the type of meter that you have. Uh, we always try to buy meters, Tim, that do have the continuity beep test, um, but some do not. And so, like, if you're using the free Harbor Freight guy, then obviously you don't have the beep test right, in maybe there. Maybe not. Right, but uh, most meters... Above that level, typically, we'll have a continuity beep test built in. Yeah, so, a lot of them do. Yeah, so there you go. So anything else for John here before we move on to No, John, just let us know. Um, any update would be glad. I would be really interested to hear if your wiring is good and you're still not able to, then maybe you have some kind of logic problem with your board, but that would be probably really rare and probably a last resort but a possibility, so let us know what's going on still. And something, you do want to check that switch as well, Tim. Service switches sure. seem to die all the time. It seems to be the one button that dies more than any other. And a lot of times they put a cheap button switch in there just because they know that you're not going to be touching it a whole lot. Right. And so you want to do the continuity on the button switch as well just to make sure that you've got a good connection there too. So hopefully John answered your question, and good luck getting into the test mode of your of your Cinematronics World Seri Series the season game. And in, and yes, you do adjust the free play through that menu. We should right. we, I, we didn't say that up front, but that's where you adjust the coin in free play settings is in the service menu. So right, so okay. obviously somebody's been in there before, right? right exactly. <laughs> so somebody changed it at some point. Uh, it's just a matter of you getting in there now to do the same. Okay, Tim, it looks like we've got a question from Q's Mod Shop. I'm glad to catch a live stream. Do you have any advice for someone who's restoring a machine with no monitor? I have been trying to see if I can put an old 4x3 monitor in the machine with a VGA board. So, Tim, he uh, Q's Mod Shop here has a mm -hmm. cabinet, no monitor. Right. What would you suggest for for uh, Q's Mod Shop here in order to uh, get this game up and running? Well, unless you... It depends on the game and what you're rebuilding. Let's say, what kind of game is it? Does he say? He does not say at this okay, point. Okay, tell us what kind of game you want it to be. If you're going for a more modern game, I would go ahead and put an LCD in there, and I would put in one 
that is made for arcade games, like we talk about. Commercial-grade arcade quality. Yes. Uh, it won't have the back on it that you normally would see on your TV. It'll have a metal casing or something. And a something, mounting frame, typically. And a mounting frame, some way to install it. That will save you, number one, a lot of time. It'll also last a lot longer inside of your cabinet. So getting a commercial uh, arcade-style video game LCD screen from like Hap Controls or if you want to go to Holland Computers where we show in our videos where we bought one before and put it into one. Twisted Quarter has a really great selection for good prices. They do. And they're they're okay now, Tim. Yeah. Um, I know that they're in Florida. A lot of people uh -huh. you know. So they were, oh, good. Uh, you know, they were um, having issues with the end, but I noticed on their Facebook page that they say they're up and running again. So, That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that they were not affected that much by the hurricane. We love Twisted Quarter and all the products that they offer. So I'm glad to hear that they're okay, Tim. Very so good. you can order from Twisted Quarter if you'd like to do that. They have really good prices on those commercial-grade arcade quality LCDs, for sure. Uh, he says it's a Neo Geo, so okay. something a little bit more modern. Yeah, I would think with a Neo Geo, you wouldn't technically necessarily have to have that classic look or the grainy type, you know, that almost looks... The CRT Yeah, the CR scan uh, lines. Sometimes, uh, you ever see... Sometimes I'll look at a Gallagher or something on an LCD, and it almost looks too good. Right. Uh, it doesn't look like I remember. So, on something like that, I would definitely probably go with an arcade... Uh, style uh, LCD. Now, the only thing I would say about that, Tim, is that the bigger LCDs are c kind of expensive. So yeah. if you're going with that like 27-inch LCD, if it's a 25-inch cabinet, you need a 27-inch LCD, typically you're looking around that three or $400 range. Now, sometimes Correct. you can catch them on sale for a little bit cheaper, but they can get a little on the pricey side to get a new one. So if you wanted to go like the TV and VGA board route, that's fine. The only thing is, is that there is usually a little bit of a delay in that, right, Tim? Right. Also, considering the price that you're going to have to get a bezel right. that fits that monitor, whatever kind of monitor you get, so that you don't see big gaps and stuff around there. Uh, of course, we've had all kinds of ways that we've come, we've done that on the cheap, and mm -hmm. we've done it real professional too. So, whatever your budget is, you know, just be aware that you're going to have to have something to shroud that with. Also, now I, over here, and I know you guys can't see because it it's kind of off camera. There is a, um, a Street Fighter Two champion. It has a marquee for a Street Fighter Two. It's not. A, it's actually got a multi game board in it, but it has a Wells Garner 27 inch LCD in it, Tim, which is mm -hmm. fantastic, by the way. Right. Um, so Wells Garner still makes monitors, and yep. they still make very good monitors. They are very expensive. So I mean, you could go with something like that, though. It looks fantastic in your game. Uh, or if you could find a traditional 25-inch, you could always go that route. But we've talked about this before, Tim. Finding CRTs nowadays can be difficult. They do make 27-inches, though, that are pretty, pretty regularly found, right, Tim? Right. So you could try a 27-inch, but sometimes those Neo Geo cabinets can't accommodate that. So you'd have to make, make sure, measure your cabinets, see if you could do that. But 27-inch CRTs are still expensive. So, I mean, you're probably looking 500-plus shipping. You correct. know, in a lot of cases. And so. heavy. <laughs> and heavy, correct. So, mm -hmm. there you go. So, uh, Q's my shop. It's really up to you as to how you want to go. But um, with the Neo Geo, I think, like Tim mentioned, going LCD is not such a bad route. Especially if you don't have a monitor now that you can fix or repair. So, uh, let's see. Um, Jumping General is uh, chiming back in about mm -hmm. his ga Galaxian, Tim. Uh -huh. He says, uh, the Galaxian game has no sound, but played a game. Now the monitor is dead. Power supply is testing at 5 volts. A Sylvania monitor brand. So, um, Sylvania monitor is the tube. The tube okay, brand, So we yeah. have a, a Sylvania monitor tube in there. Uh-huh. Power supply seems to be te testing well. 
Um, you're saying the Galaxian game had no sound but played a game. Is it still like that? Like, can, well, now you won't be able to tell if it's playing blind because you can't get the sound, right? Tim? Right. So that's kind of a challenge right there. Um, if we assume that the board is still working and that mm-hmm. the monitor just went out, then you're probably looking at something in the high-voltage section of your monitor chassis, right, Tim? Probably so. So um, we have a whole video on troubleshooting games that are playing blind. Um, it may not be your particular model, but the concepts that we talk about in that video kind of would go along with the problem you're having with your monitor. And so what you might want to do is check out that video. If you can get us a chassis-making model, which would be typically Wells Garner, Electro Home, Geo 7, anything else, Tim, that's pretty common. You may right. have some, You may have like a newer Sharp Image in there or something like that as well. You can, um, so. Basically, you could just take a, a couple good pictures and send to us if you're not sure, and we'll help you determine what you have. Absolutely. So questions at Arcade Repair tips.com if you want to send those via email to that to that place you can do that and we'll be happy to identify that monitor for you so um and that will give you an idea um tim for that type of repair monitor wise you have any idea what like paul or somebody would charge for a high voltage i issue? would say anywhere it, it depending on the parts you know just like anything and everything is kind of going up the I would say anywhere from $100, depending if it was simple, to up to two, $250. Right, so that's what you'd be looking at for a repair. You may have some shipping charges in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd probably send it off to Paul Jure at paulsbonders.com. would probably be the best place to um, to send it off to because he's pretty reasonable and he's very familiar with those um, older style 19-inch monitors like that. So if you want to go that route, that's not a bad route to go. Of course, like I said, we can also help you tackle it if you get us the make and model of whatever your chassis is as well. So, uh, anything else there, Tim? Yeah, just to differentiate, the Sylvania is the tube part. They right. all made tubes. Same tube that probably went a lot of TVs at that time. The chassis part is the electronics part that plugs into and sets around below the tube or on the sides and stuff. That's what we need to find out. That's what kind of monitor you have specifically would be that chassis or electronics part and when, to and, get a cap kit for. Right. I mean if we're and when we're talking about shipping off your monitor for repair, we're really just talking about shipping off that circuit board, that chassis. Yeah. So we have a video on removing and installing a monitor chassis, Tim, right. that you can watch your chassis, sometimes as we call it Tim. Right. So chassis, chassis removing and installing it that video will kind of show you the process behind that and you do want to make sure that you discharge the monitor as well which for most people who are new to this that's the most daunting part right tim for sure because we do want to make sure there's no voltage um going to the tube when we're working with it and so we do need to discharge the tube in order to get the anode off of it and so that's important for when we ship it so make sure you check out our videos on discharging an arcade monitor safely discharging an arcade monitor and removing and installing a monitor chassis both those will show you exactly what you need to do in order to ship your monitor off for repair so okay tim i think we're caught up so let us move on in the outline to mike and mike says hello let me start by saying that any help would be greatly appreciated or would greatly be appreciated okay here's my question i have a mega touch crown edition and i'm having a problem with the monitor it isn't working now the tube is working just no picture um is there any suggestions for my problem or somewhere i can get a diagram for it once again thank you for your help Mike. Now, Tim, Mike sent a picture, and basically what was happening was that the monitor, like, he would plug it in, and the monitor would kind of go bright and show a bright screen for just mm-hmm. a second, and then go off. Okay. Like, real quick. So it's collapsing really or, fast. Or, like, yeah. a really, or having problems with the high voltage, voltage to where it's yeah. kicking in for a second and then just going down. And so there's obviously something going on with Mike's monitor, monitor here, Tim. Uh, what advice can you give us about Mike's monitor that could help him out? Okay, well, yeah, what you're describing sounds more like a problem in the high voltage section of the monitor. 
Um, so we would check the AC voltage from the wall going all the way through his cabinet and making sure that there's not an AC problem somewhere. It's not just dying or something in the middle. Um, your game should be playing blind, which means that even with the monitor note when it brightens up and then goes away, you should still be able to coin it up and you should still hear the game. You sh won't see it, but you should be able to hear it. And, and if I may interject for just a second, mm -hmm. Tim, the touchscreen should still work. Correct. So, I mean, even with the monitor, without the monitor screen on, a lot of times the touchscreen will still get power. Right. And so the touchscreen overlay should still be working even if the monitor is not. So if you're kind of playing it, but you can't see it, that's why we call it playing blind. It's almost like you're playing with your eyes closed then you'll know that you have a monitor issue. Otherwise, you could have some other issues not sending a signal or something to your monitor is just shutting down depending on the style and kind of monitor that you have. Um, but more than likely, if you're playing blind and you hear it and stuff, but you're not seeing any picture, then there is something shutting down that high voltage area of your monitor. And that's where we would start to troubleshoot and work in on that. Again, we would, same as questions before, we would need to know what kind of monitor that you had based on the chassis that it's attached to it. And then it might be time for either you to look into doing a repair or that you could send it off for repair if you're kind of new. And that sometimes is the easiest route. So just like Tim mentioned with the checking the voltage up to the monitor, you can also check the mon the voltage through the through monitor. Through the monitor, sure. So if if we're not like when the when it comes on and shuts off, let's check the B plus voltage and see where it's at. Okay, and that'll tell us whether you know whether or not we're getting voltage up to that point. Okay, mm -hmm. and that's very important because if we're not getting it there, then we know that the problem is somewhere before that. If we know that we're getting it there, then somewhere after that kind of thing. So, very important to try that. You can always check it through the monitor as well, through the monitor chassis as well. And like Tim mentioned, if you get us the make and model of your chassis, we can definitely help you out further with your issues. So, Tim, I'm gonna go ahead and throw out up the outline here so people okay. can see. And this is the picture of what it looked like when it would flash and then go okay. off. So based on the video you sent, it looks like the it looks like your monitor is coming on for a second, then going right off. This would usually mean there's a problem, like Tim mentioned, with the high voltage section of the monitor. Before suspecting that, however, checking uh, try checking your AC voltage starting at the wall, going through your cabinet. Make sure that your AC voltage is not dying somewhere between your cabinet and the monitor. Um, also, your game should play blind. Like Tim mentioned, if it's just a monitor issue, try to see if you can play the game uh, with the monitor blank. This will eliminate the possibility of a board issue. And that's, Tim, what we're right. always trying to differentiate is, is the problem with the board? Is it with the monitor? Where is the problem in the game? And so we want to eliminate a board issue if we can. Let's see if the game is playing blind. That way we know for a fact we have a monitor issue. Agreed. So, and if you need further help, Mike, uh, we would highly recommend you send a um, either pictures or let us know the make and model of your monitor chassis so we can give you better advice on how to do that repair. Um, Tim, the monitors that are in a lot of these Mega Touch systems are very similar to the arcade monitors that we deal very with. Very similar. Cab yeah. In fact, the same models. Um, a lot of times they just have a overlay on the front that usually hooks to the board via serial, USB, or some other method. So, right. um, And like I said, so a lot of times the touchscreen will still work yes. because it's being powered from the board. It's not being powered from the monitor. Correct. And so as long as the board is working and getting power, your touchscreen overlay should work. So, um, Mike, hopefully that answers your question. Tim, do you have anything else here for Mike? before? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, if you have anything else, Mike, please, uh, please uh, email us back. Let us know a couple more details, and we'll try to help you out further with your issue. 
And Tim, we just got a donation from uh, TexJYT. He said, just did a full cap kit and flyback on a Wellsgar 7000. Looks brand new now. Easy process. Awesome. Glad wow. to hear it. And thank you so much for your donation. We appreciate it. Remember, guys, if you would like to make a donation, you can hit the little money sign down in the in the um, ch- live chat room. That's called the super chat button, Tim. Okay. You can donate through there. If you'd rather make a donation through another method, you can go to arcaderepairtips.com slash donate. And we will be happy to take any donations you'd like to give us. It all goes into doing stuff here, paying for whatever <laughs> fun things that we have for arcade repair. And Tim, um, while we're talking about this, we should should we give away something? I think so. All these nice people were 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 here before you were. Right. So I think it's only fair that I think it's only they fair. Wait, if anybody that waited around should get a prize today. That's right, at exactly. Least a chance at it. Right. I think it's only fair that we should give away something. Now Tim, the last couple of months we've given away kind of more fun stuff. So right. like uh, what two months ago we gave away the karate champ mini arcade. Right. Last month we gave away the um, what was it? Uh, Pac-Man Monopoly. Is that yes. what it was? Like Pac-Man arcade game Monopoly. Well, Tim, this month we're giving away something arcade repair related. Okay, so it's okay. not the ball from Aaron Judge hit. Right? No, okay. no, no, no. I, neither one of us caught that, unfortunately. And yeah. if I did, I wouldn't give it to you guys. I mean, <laughs> a small portion of what it what it's worth. Somebody already offered that guy two million. By two million dollars. That's so, crazy. Well, it's it's worth at least that. So. Yeah, I guess but so. um, no, we have some arcade repair related. Um, giveaways tonight and so what we have here is a soldering iron kit i'll let okay. tim be vanna uh-huh. and i'll just i'll show him and an ac voltage detector check it out so you go all right so there you go so you may be asking yourself what do i have to do to win these nice giveaway items all you have to do is send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com contest at arcaderepairedtips.com and send. make sure that you send your mailing address with it. We will not share those with anybody, Tim. We always keep no. those private. But we need to know where to send the prize if you win it. Uh, and Tim, we have had other people um, win over right. the last couple of we months. Have. So hopefully you guys, you know, some of you guys who won, please let us know. But contest at arcaderepairedtips.com and we will select a winner at random and you will receive a soldering iron kit and yeah. an AC voltage detector. Tim? I would show you to them, but they're, they're sealed. We're they're sealed. They are brand, brand new. new. So these are very handy, Tim, for they when are. you just want to check AC. Like, let's say you turned off a breaker and you're like, I just want to make sure that that breaker is off, mm-hmm. which is very important. Then you can take this to your plug or to an outlet or something like that and test really fast whether or not you have AC voltage there. Um, like I said, Tim, we have flipped a number of breakers in our time, mm-hmm. hooking up, you know, plugging in arcade games and Trying stuff. Trying to figure out which breaker is which. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this thing very comes in very handy for that. And of course, Tim, who... Who could be an arcade repair technician without one of these? Right. A soldering iron kit, right? Right. Now, this is not high dollar, guys. This is kind of a cheapie. But this is a great starter iron. It does come with multiple tips. You're going to get three tips in here, Tim. Okay. So, but here's the deal. I love this kind of soldering iron for putting in my toolbox. So right. when we go places, I have it with me. Yeah. Um, you know, you I just don't keep it in the car. Or we use the... the Weller when we're here at the shop. Okay. Right. But if I'm on the go, I can't. It's hard to take the Weller along with us, right? Yeah. It's got that big old box on it. Very hard to lug around sometimes. This, this it's not kind in of, a case. Right. Exactly. This kind of just plug into the wall, let it heat up. And then solder something. Very easy to do. Again, if you want to win these two things, contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Shipping address in there and name so we know where to send it to. And we will pick a winner at random after the show. And we will ship it to you. 
We don't do anything with your e- with your email address or your address. We're just going to do it for contest purposes only, and then we discard. That is correct. So, absolutely. So, we're not giving your information. We're not selling your information. I promise. So, it all stays it all stays in my inbox. That's the only place <laughs> it ever goes. So, things may happen. Things may be different if if I pass away. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I'm not look. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So, um, my wife, I'll make sure she keeps all your information. Okay, private, so. thanks. Um, now, Tim, sure. before I move on, you asked people to chime in from where they're from. Yes, okay. So I want to go back through here and see some of the places where people yeah, are from. Yeah, let's hear it. So um, TexJYT says Allen, Texas. Okay. Uh, I used to live in Allen. Right. So I lived in Allen. I went to kindergarten in Allen, Tim, and then we moved yeah. away after kindergarten. We're only so. about two hours, hour and a half from yeah. there. And Al- for the record, Allen, Texas looks nothing like it, it did, did yeah. when I lived there. Right. You don't yeah. even know you're in yeah. Allen now. It's no. All, you're just there. Exactly. It's gigantic. I mean, golly, their their high school stadium is probably bigger to, than a lot of colleges' college stadiums. Okay. I mean, it is a huge town now. I mean, crazy. Um, let's see. We have um, Bobby says he is somewhere in or Somerville, Massachusetts, Tim. Okay. Somerville, Ma- Massachusetts. I think I was pretty close to there, Bobby, uh, last month. I know I was in Danvers in uh, Boston. And so I don't know how far you are from there. I actually stayed in Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire for a week. So um, hopefully uh, some of the pictures and stuff may be familiar to you when we show some of my adventures here. Um, Jumping General says he's from North Carolina. Okay. North Carolina. I'll be going to South Carolina next month. So I go, uh, love South uh-huh. Carolina. Uh-huh. Been to Myrtle Beach several times. We've talked about that before. Have some good friends there. Um, our... our um, our Facebook moderator, Louie, before he passed away, lived in, in Myrtle Beach. And I right. you know, met him, and he was a really nice guy. Um, but uh, really liked North Carolina, South Carolina area. Beautiful. Um, Nate is from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, Tim. Okay. Now I'm jealous. So. <laughs> uh, I would love to go. Uh, Nova Scotia is on my bucket list. I, I love it. Uh, so when I get make it there, we we got to get together. I want to tour a lighthouse. And I wouldn't mind finding Captain's Kid treasure either. But, <laughs> but anyway, I love no- Nova Scotia is on my bucket list. That's a beautiful place to live. Oh. So I've got um, relatives in Canada, Tim. We talked about this. I've got several mm-hmm. um, several relatives in Calgary. So, which I used to visit all the time. Been to Canada several times. Love it. I know. I think that's on the that's on the eastern part or the the western part. He's more eastern, I believe. Yeah. Nova Scotia. So, yeah, but uh, I haven't been that far east. So, <laughs> but um, I I've been to Calgary and it's beautiful up there. Uh, let's see. A real hammer, Billy Lee says, Long Island, New York. Right. We remember that, Billy. So there you go. Let's see what else I got here. I saw some more guys. I'm looking through. Uh, John says, Hi from Chicago. Okay. So there you go. I'll be going, supposed to go to Chicago in January. Uh, Cold Flesh and Fangs is San Antonio, Texas. Of course, he won one of our giveaways, okay. I think, for the Karate Champ. Awesome. So I'm um, just talking to some of the former winners here in the live chat tent. <laughs> uh, let's see. Cyborg 2000, St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay. So there awesome. There we go. Uh, let's see. And current uh, photograph is from Orange County, California. Okay. Been so there. we've got people on the East Coast. we got you on the West Coast. we got you on the North Coast. <laughs> We got you all over the place, right? Well, thank you. It's always neat to see where everybody's from and the fact that uh, you would turn in to watch these couple guys from uh, Tyler, Texas, is where we live. It's just East Texas, which is about halfway between Dallas and Shreveport. So I saw a map of Texas the other night, Tim. Yeah. And I did not realize that where we live is equal, is the same distance from Louisiana as El Paso is from New Mexico. Does that make sense? Right. So, like, if you looked at El Paso and where we live in East Texas, mm-hmm. like, if you went out this way, both of us could leave the state in about the same amount of time. 
Right. Okay, if they went if they went west and we went east. Right. So, but if we tried to meet in the middle, it'd take forever. Right. Because <laughs> so, that's how big Texas is. So, oh, we got uh, Ron's here from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. And Rexer Show's here. Vegas now, but Michigan originally. Nice. So, uh, lots of great uh, locations. We're so glad, like Tim mentioned. All that. right, Rex Show, I didn't know you're in Vegas. Of course, that's on my bucket list. Never been to Vegas. Me I've either. Traveled all over the U.S. I have not been to Vegas yet. I'm. It's going to happen though. It's going to happen soon. Yeah, uh, Tim, we need to make a trip. Uh, we do. So, oh, you know, Ron said Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tim, there's a big game coming up this weekend, I believe, between uh, two teams that you and me are very familiar with. Well, I do believe so, and uh, you know, I think that we we may were ha- both ranked at one time. I, I would say, say we may have an evenly more evenly match up match up this year. <laughs> I don't I don't think there's a strong favorite in this game. I right. don't I don't Texas Oklahoma this weekend, guys. Yeah, uh, Texas here, Oklahoma there. Right. So, but anyway, <laughs> we'll be talking about that in the after show. So, if you guys want more of that, we can get there. But we're so glad, no matter where you're coming from tonight and where you're watching this from, we're glad that you're here. So, I just Tim, I thought that was a really good uh, really Segway, good thing to right? do. Kind of to give us a little break up in questions. But with all that caught up and said, let us move on to Chris's question. Okay. And Chris says, I have a 1980 Eagle arcade game that's not working. Can I get a JAMA wiring harness for this game? Okay. It does not have a, pl- a space to plug in the board. Also, I took off the marquee light on top, which had the power button in it. Which, Tim, I think he's talking about the power switch. Okay. And and threw it away. I <laughs> know I needed it. And, and Chris... Happens to all of us, man. Right. Totally feeling you here. Now my game will not turn on. Would you have an old light with a plug that has six wires for sale? How mm-hmm. can I wire a switch to start the game? So, Tim, <laughs> we have Chris here who has kind of a couple of different issues here. Yeah, One, he, he needs a wiring harness for his game. Right. Now, he mentions Jamma here, too. Right. But, um, unfortunately, Eagle's not Jam. It's a little different, right? Right. Um, it's a 22 pin. JAMA is normally what, 28 pins, right? Yeah, yes. So you're about six pins short. So, no, you really can't just get a JAMA. Now, you might could get somebody to make you a JAMA adapter for it or right. something. Uh, but what you're going to need is a 22 pin edge connector. Like I'm pretty sure it, uh, Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man would be a 22 pin. I think you're correct. I'd have to and, double check it. And, or, or, so a lot of those games for that time. So look up the pinouts and stuff. So you're going to need to get that kind of connector and wire it probably yourself. Although there are some people, if you do some internet researching, that do make those type of harnesses for just about any game. They'll make them for you. Sure. Um, and sometimes it's worth it to get them to make it. Uh, as for the the power switch and the six pin connector you should be able to determine which wires for the marquee light and which ones are for the power switch and make it come on by tracing them back to where they come from based on that connector or from your manual or a wiring diagram is what you need and so that shouldn't be too hard you can just literally uh, bypass the switch if you needed to in the temporary until you get another switch and can replace it uh, most switches just complete the circuit by connecting the ground, and once you connect the ground, then it completes the circuit and turns on. So a lot of times you just have to run the wire up there and then a wire from it back to the same place, and it will flip on when the power pole is connected. Um, so maybe you could do that. Now, six pins for your light. So part of those probably, like you said, are going to the light bulb and part of those, which you really need to be careful because we don't want to run power, uh, at least not the hot side, all the way through your switch, or you don't want you you don't want to run two uh, 
uh, voltage wires to the switch or something like that. So just be careful. Follow your wiring diagrams. Um, but you can get, you just need a couple wires to make a, you can still buy the standard, you probably still have the light bulb socket and stuff. You just need to help wiring it back up. What you're going to have to really do is get the manual for the game though and get familiar with that wiring pinout. We, we use terms all the time that we take for granted, John, that everybody knows what we're talking about. But the pinout shows where this wire goes to which pin. In other words, pin 1 or it might be pin A, whatever they decided to label it. And then where does that wire go? And a lot of that's what we talked about with that meter earlier. You got to take it here and take it here and see if there's connectivity. And if it beeps or it, uh, ohms go to zero, then you'll know that it's good and that that's where that wire goes. And so you say, okay, this wire. And I've, I remember taking masking tape and label them or taking a label maker and label them and stuff or label them on making your own label sometimes on the um the edge connector whatever it takes writing it down making a journal whatever um it just it's painstaking work but it's kind of fun it's kind of fun to trace all that down and to figure out where it goes uh but you, you obviously a lot of your wires are still hooked up so you don't have a ton to do just be careful where where they go find out trace them back you want the two that power on the game now you may not have in your diagram it'll show they're just coming through your power supply so you're just going to hook up a couple wires i think we've wired do we have a video on wiring up a switch a power switch if not that's sorry guys that's something yeah, i, I, I know so. we have we've done some stuff like that in our in our video where we make uh where we uh where we did the holland computer game there actually oh, shows is. we do show that we do show that in there assembling a, so cocktail, assembling table. a cocktail table so if you'll watch that video you can forward or get to that point we do show how to wire up a power switch yes and that may help you but of course that is JAMA. but we're using the same concept we're finding which wires going where to what and that may help you watching that video or watching us put that game together because it we actually do the same concept it's just a little few more wires than what you have and i hope that helps it's, it's no pretty, i think no. it's a lot of details in this question but none of it is hard right exactly. it's really not hard yeah so i'm just going to go ahead and throw this up here tim because i think you went over it pretty well okay so according to klov tim eagle uses a 22 pin connector so jamma is 28 which means we can't use the jamma harness unless we have some sort of adapter like tim mentioned you will need a 22 pin edge connector to wire it up or a 22 pin harness tim mentioned that pac-man miss pac-man use that i'm i think that is correct tim i, I don't know for sure but if that's the case you could use one of those or you can use this 22 two pin edge connector that i have pictured here from um twisted quarter okay so and all you have to do with this of course would be to put the wires in place and then run them to where they go based on the manual right mm -hmm. or the pinouts on the klov page which i have there as for the power switch and the six pin connector you should be able to determine which wires are for the marquee light and which ones are for the power switch by tracing them back to their origins if you want to replace that just an an off-the-shelf under-cabinet light and a standard power switch should work as replacements, right, Tim? Correct. So really, this is going to be a lot of painstaking work, like Tim mentioned, of just making Time sure... Time-consuming, yes, but it's not... Right. Time-consuming just hard. to make sure that you can run the wires where they need to go based on the pinout. But once you do that, you should be in business. And of course, you'll um, if you want a power switch like the one you had, 
Um, I did link, I think, to these in the show notes down below in the description. So you can order this one from uh, Twisted Quarter as well as... And that undercounted light, Tim, is the one that we usually would pick up for cheap at Walmart. Right. And that one works fine. There's nothing special about it, so you can use that. In those six pins, you probably... Uh, I don't know if all six are populated, but you'll definitely probably have three that power the marquee light. You'll have a lot... Uh, you have a high and a neutral are in the ground, right, Tim? Yes. And then you'll have... Then you'll have whatever two wires are for the pass-through. There may be three wires for the AC pass-through for the power switch. And like Tim mentioned, once you figure what out what those are, you can just hook them together temporarily just to get the game to come on. So, uh, Tim, is there anything else for Chris here before we move on? Yeah, I feel like that, that that's kind of a deep... It was a lot of mini questions within a big question. And sometimes I know we, we mention stuff and we talk. I don't, I don't ever want to kind of talk over uh, everybody's head because I remember what it was like it was frustrating... When I was kind of new and stuff. So if we can break that down any further for you, just go ahead and email us some additional questions or whatever that we have. We do have, I do think if you watch our video on uh, building an arcade assembling a cocktail cabinet, I think that will help you because we kind of do it all from scratch. And that may make a lot of sense. But any other further questions that you have, please feel free to contact us or we'll take it step by step if we just need to. Uh, and what I would do, one thing I'll, uh, before we go on, I would unplug my game board and maybe my monitor. If you make a mistake, the worst case, you're going to knock out your power supply. But I would unplug a few things just to get the light up there working you would know if the switch was working because as soon as you hit it, the light come on, you would be good. But you could unplug your game board and all that stuff. Just in like case. It, as I say, it doesn't like, sound like it has a harness right now. Right. So that may not be a big deal. Right. But, just if, right. until you're 100% sure that, okay, I've got working power and stuff before you plug it in. Uh, in case you make a mistake or something, you won't necessarily take out your game. So sort of like a, an arcade order of operations. Let's do the marquee and the power switch first before that's doing what I any would of do. the board work. Right? That's what I would do. Okay. Yeah. I think that's good. And you just got the AC power coming up there anyway, so it may help you out to an extent because they are related. That's why they were wired together because as soon as the first thing you do is you turn the switch on, the light to the game would come on. That's right. So it kind of works together. There you go. So, Chris, hopefully answers your question. I think Tim's recommendation of watching our video on assembling a cocktail cabinet kit is probably a really good idea because that does show some of the concepts that we're talking about here. But uh, for the most part, if you get this edge connector, you wire up all your um, all your wires to where they're supposed to go. You wire power switch, marquee light, you should be back in business if your board's working, of course. And if you have any additional questions, please feel free to contact us and let us know. Well, so. especially if you'll order those parts from Holland, we actually show how to hook up that switch. That's and it true. Will really help yeah you. the ones i, I link to here are from twisted quarter they're very similar very not similar. a whole lot of difference between them so but uh, hopefully answer your question chris and good luck with your repair on your eagle arcade cabinet tim uh, one you don't see a whole lot older games, no we're so. getting some rare rare game questions tonight absolutely uh so tim before we move on here um john says what's a good bench top adjustable power supply for working on pcbs what would you recommend for that uh, i like i love the hap control just the the linear power supply, the one that has the indicator light on it, you know, with the LED light that actually you don't even have to have a meter. You can, it's green, you're right on voltage. If it turns a little orange, then you need to turn it up a little bit or whatever the colors are. Um, that's one of my favorite ones. Now, uh, the only thing I would chime in on that is that, Tim, a lot of times there's only 15 amp. 
And so you may want to go with like an ATX style just because that usually is closer to like a 30 amp. Yeah, I've been saying it kind of depends on what kind of boards are you working on. That's my next question is, do you plan on doing a lot more older boards or a mixture of both? And John is exactly right. If you are going with newer boards, you're probably going to go with an ATX power supply. Right. So higher amperage little... will just help you, right? Exactly. Yep. Because, I mean, higher amperage will help those newer style games. Anything that has a hard drive, Tim, really needs that additional those additional amps to really help. For sure. And it. even the ATX they make with the, the with the 5-volt indicator light. That That's is just correct. a preference. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll find some, Tim, that have the LED readout that show what it is. It's mm-hmm. not always 100% right, guys, on that, but it'll actually show like 4.7, 4.8, Right. 4. That's 9. become more popular with some of the newer ones and they're they're nice mm-hmm. very nice to have absolutely so um but that those are just some of what you're looking at he says mostly atari? atari boards okay so probably closer to what you're you were talking about then tim like a um half controls like standard 15 amp switching power supply you think yes so there you go that'd be my opinion it's just an opinion everybody's um kind of got one you know mm-hmm. <laughs> they're a dime a dozen but that's my, that's my recommendation sounds good okay Okay, Tim, well, the next question we have here is from Emma. Now, you'll notice that I've entitled the episode something. We're coming up to that here in a second, I promise, guys. We're coming up to the title question. But uh, before we get to that, let's talk about Emma's question, Tim. She says, hi, I garbage picked a Golden T98 board. It powers up and plays, but the picture is wavy. Now, Tim, we don't... She says, like, unplayable wavy. I'm not sure... Really? um, Right, exactly. I'm not sure what... The definition of wavy is here. Maybe we'll find out here in a minute. I checked the power supply, and it was set at 5.9 volts. I turned it to 5 volts. The board will not power on completely. The green light at D7 lights up. The sound status, yellow, lights up. And the video status, green, will not power on unless I crank the power, power up. Okay. Okay. The wires from the power supply to the board are making a good connection. Would you assume that the board is half cooked, like restricting power flow? That's... That's why it needs more power to power up. Now, Tim, uh, not done yet here. Okay. I don't care about the game. I'm just having fun playing with the insides. The kids would be amazed if I if I get it working. That's just the bonus. Thanks, Emma. Also, I'm wondering <laughs> if you make money or if this is something you just enjoy doing. Now, Tim, I, I think we can a- answer the second part of this really quickly. Right. Um, we make n- very little money. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is definitely not... If, it, if we were in it for the money, we would have quit a long, a long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, there's not a whole lot of money here. Um, for us YouTubers that don't get a million hits per video, Tim, the, the pickings are slim, as we would right. like to say here in Texas. So, I keep just waiting and filming stuff, hoping I'm going to mess up and it's going to be so funny that everybody's going to watch it and then we'll retire. (laughs) That's right. We'll get the one viral video that we made, right? So, um, yeah, so we don't make any money here. We're just trying to help people out as best we can here. So, uh, with that said, Tim, let's go ahead and go back to the other questions. Now, obviously, 5.9 is pretty high. Right. That's way higher than usual to get the board to come But not so uncommon with a golden T board, though. That's true. And we're not really at 5.1 even. Mm -hmm. Well, she's saying 5.9. It's not 5.9. Not 5.09. Okay. Almost to the 6-volt line. So, yeah. On the 5-volt. That is, I would call that pretty high. Right. Yeah. And we wouldn't recommend running it that high for very long. Usually, you run maybe 5.1. I've run 5.4. 5. 5.4 five, five, five is even top. higher, though. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, 5.4 would even be high. I wouldn't go any higher than 5. I think she's right. Five, the four. fact that she's having to crank it up that high is an indicator that something is going on. Now, now, Tim, I do want to bring this up as something, and I put this in the outline, too. Okay. We have seen, 
and and I assume that she's using her multimeter to read this. We have seen that when our multimeter has low battery, that sometimes the readings get wonky. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm wondering here, are the batteries in your multimeter good? Because maybe your meter is saying 5.9, but you're really getting 5.4. Does that maybe. make sense? So we've seen that before. I mean, we um, have yeah. Craftsman, these Craftsman multimeters, Tim, on these, it will do that. So like if those batteries are about to die, now these have low voltage indicators on them to let me know the battery is low. But when it's giving me that, the the readings can be erratic. Right. Okay. And so the first thing I would say is just make sure that the batteries in your multimeter are good. Okay. And put new batteries in there if you need to. Just to make yeah. sure that we know that the reading is accurate. Or use your multimeter to test something you know is 5 volts, for right. instance. So, you know, um, that would be probably one of the first places to, to start. Uh, Tim, what do you think, though? It sounds like, though, when she has it, at th- the 5.9 is the only way she can get it to drive the video out of the out of the Golden Tee board. But again, way too high, right? Yeah, it seems too high. And then the fact that it's kind of wavy and... We, you know, wavy is one of those terms that right. it could be a lot of different things. Is the screen scrolling, and you call that a wave after wave like that, or is it kind of doing a hula effect down the sides? Uh, those are some questions. Are we that getting I interference? You. you know, like um, when, we, when I think wavy interference, Tim, I think about like when I used to try to tune a TV when I was a kid. Uh-huh. You know, and like you get kind of a wave through it, like almost a ground. A lot of times, grounding issue kind of wave. Uh-huh. So it could also be that kind of wave. Um, it's hard when we don't have a visual yeah. confirmation of what the. So wave if you is. could shoot a video or take a picture of us, we may be able to help you more there. But just based on what you said, something is not right. If your meter is working correctly and you're having to crank it up to 5.9 to pretty much get anything, something's going on. There's some parts that are failing, and I'm not. We're not uh, board repair people, but I would almost bet that there's some kind of issue going on with it. Right, and it, I mean, it could be some. I mean, there's obviously a voltage issue. I mean, it's almost like it's almost like there's. I mean, something that's. Like you said, restricting the voltage flow through the board. And so what you can do, Tim, is if you look up the chips that you know you can, where the voltage pins are, mm-hmm. you can start going chip by chip on the board and make sure that you're getting 5 volts everywhere. Right. Okay. And, um, Tim, you've probably seen people put boards underneath an infrared camera to mm-hmm. see where the heat is. I bet you if you did that with this board with it running 5.9, you would find some areas with some Probably heat. so. Um, I can almost guarantee it. And so there's probably – so you could – you may run the board for just like about – a minute or two and see if you can feel hot areas around the board um because that's five nine is high like we're talking right. about so we're probably going to have some places on the board that are heated up and then check any chips check voltage pins and grounds on chips to see what the voltages are okay and, and make sure those are good voltages as well you'll probably find one where the voltage is funky right so and like i said the heat will probably indicate that as well and so being that we are both leaning that it is probably a board issue one thing we should mention: you don't, you're not, you don't have a Grail game board. Right. It's not like <laughs> it's I, not a Tron, I, right? It's not a Tron or something. Death it may race. be definitely, may be easier just to. It is JAMA, so it may be easier to buy a similar Golden T board, maybe that one or a working one that's pretty close to that era uh, off of eBay, and then your kids would be up and playing, and you may be out a lot less trouble just plugging and placing a board. Yeah, I was about to say, what a, Golden Tee boards still only go for about 50 bucks on eBay. The older models like this, 50, yeah. 60 bucks on eBay, they're still pretty common, and so... It would cost a lot more probably to get it fixed. Agreed. But, 
again, you may be able to troubleshoot shoot this, this yourself just by doing some visual board and, and feeling inspection on it. Mm. So just to see where the heat, the hot spots are. So Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw up the outline here. So it's pretty common to set the plus five line a bit higher. Tim mentioned that not uncommon at all, but five, nine is pretty high. It's, it's yeah. quite out of the realm of what we consider. It's, it's in the realm of what we consider too high. Uh, we wouldn't recommend running it that high for very long. Have you tried lowering the voltage to see how low we can get to light that video LED? She mentioned, Tim, that she cranks it up there. The video LED lights on the board. Mm-hmm. Back, Keep backing it off until it goes off. And then find the lowest setting you can get it to. That may be a good way to, for you to find out where is an acceptable level for it. So if not, you may give that a shot. Also, check the batteries in your multimeter. I mentioned this, Tim. Sometimes bad batteries can cause your multimeter reading to be erratic, right? Correct. For sure. Okay. Seen it a million times. Thought the voltage was nuts. Turned out to be bad batteries in the multimeter. So please check that. But uh, Tim mentioned we're not really sure what you mean by wavy. Okay. Is it a flipping screen? Is it Mm -hmm. a hold? That may be a hold issue. Does it look like your monitor's doing the hula? Is it a hula effect kind of thing? Does it look like interference like i'm trying to tune my rabbit ears tim mm-hmm. and golly some of you guys in the live chat have no idea what i'm saying when i'm saying rabbit ears <laughs> right. I, I realize that uh, tim i don't feel very old but now right. i i think You're sometimes i'm very old right I, I told my wife the other day we were looking at uh, some of our honeymoon pictures i'm like i didn't feel old until i looked at those right because then you look at yourself in the mirror and you look at those pictures and you realize wait a second i'm old all right if you've ever put tinfoil on the rabbit ears to try to get a better Agreed. reception uh, you know what yeah. I'm talking about, okay? This is this is what we're talking about yeah. with that kind of interference. You get kind of like this this kind of signal interference kind of stuff. So you may be getting that as well. Um, but send us a picture so we can help you troubleshoot this further. Now, we have a great, and I didn't mention this here, Tim, but we have a great video on inspecting an arcade board. And mm-hmm. again, checking voltages on the chips on the board, you can do that as well. And then feeling for hot spots, because if you're running 5.9, I can almost guarantee there's going to be a hot spot, right, Tim? Sure. There's going to be a hot spot. So it's just a matter of finding it. So there you go. Oh, here we go. Let's see. I know what you mean, Jonathan. You see, some people know, Tim. Right. And, I, and then um, Nate Berg says, I'm 33 and I've dealt with rabbit ears. You see, okay. we're... Some of you guys know what I'm talking about, even though right. you're not that old. So that so, makes me feel better. Some so. of you are, uh, you know, had a remote control when you grew up. Some, some of you, you were, were the, the remote, remote control. control right? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> definitely was the remote control right. there for a Dad little bit, said, Tim. Don't I change the that. channel. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> exactly. Tim, I will never forget the day that we got the wired remote control. Okay, you had this big wire right. and <laughs> these little clicky buttons that you had to hit on the thing to get it. That was like a miracle. Right. Okay, it was awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> so. Um, but anyway, oh, um, YouTube Punk, if you put tinfoil rabbit ears, get, it's time to get your prostate checked. <laughs> Probably so, and a colonoscopy <laughs> yeah, if you haven't right. had one yet. <laughs> time to schedule <laughs> it's one, a public guys. service announcement. announcement. <laughs> That's right. We want to make sure that you're all healthy and safe out there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously, um, it's a... But here's the here's the deal, Tim. Over the air still exists. Right. I have a nice antenna on my house, okay, okay that I still pick up local channels with. Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean it still exists, and um, I don't put tin foil on it, and I don't have to do this little thing with it anymore. But I mean, you can still pick up over the air channels; it's still a thing. I promise. <laughs> so anyway, so Emma hopefully answers your question, and good luck getting that golden T ninety eight board up and running. I think I'll just leave it at that. How about that? All right, I'll just wrap it up right we'll go there. On. Nice package. Okay, I'm um, overbuilt automotive, Tim. Hi, folks. Uh, um. Let's see. I still took time to recap an Atari sit-down pole position too. Its issue is the screen is squeezed. It's smaller than it should be in both directions. 100% cap kit almost. Um, anytime we're getting that kind of, um, um, when you're getting a squeezed kind uh-huh. of issue like this with the picture, I mean, 
very, very, very often that's a cap kit issue. Did he right say there. he did a cap kit or he wants no, to know he, if he to do a cap kit? He says, he says, um, I still ain't took time. I still haven't probably taken oh, time to yes. Yeah, you um, need to. issue is the screen is, squ- is squeezed. It's smaller than it should be in both directions. Mm-hmm. Very common. Very common for it, for it to be caps. It still needs caps. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very common cap kit issue. So if you yep. order a cap kit, try that first. Now, not all collapse issues are cap kit issues. We should say that. But if you've only got it squeezed a little bit, um, more often than not caps. Right, Tim? Now, if Correct. it's collapsed... Then we're looking at something different. Like if you're getting just a single line across the monitor, Tim, that mm-hmm. is total collapse. That's a little different. Then we need to be looking at vertical IC chips and some other things, okay? But if it's if you still have most of your picture and it's just kind of squeezed in, probably a cap kit is what you need to solve it. Okay. Oh, Delusional's Arcade's here, Tim. Hey. Hey. What's going on? Thanks for joining us. Thanks <laughs> for being here, as always. So... I uh, just wanted to mention that. Okay, are we caught up? Now we're getting to the headline, right? This is it! <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, yeah, so here we go. Um, this is the one that, that's the question, Tim. And, Tim, this seems like such a Tim question. Okay. I mean, this is definitely I'll in your wheelhouse. So the, the title of this episode is Chucky, or CEC, Chuck E. Cheese Worldwide Pinball Party, Tim. Okay. And so here's the question that goes along with that. It's from Ron. He says, hello, I recently purchased a Dale Jr. pinball machine. Once I had it home, the game was reset to its factory settings. Take a look at the attached photo of the DMD display, Tim. Okay. Welcome to Chuck E. Cheese's Worldwide Party. <laughs> the default scores uh, on the table is comprised of Chuck E. Cheese characters, too. Poor Mr. Pasquale is ranked at number four, Tim. Is this something Chuck E. Cheese did to all of their pins? Now, Tim, you have obviously worked on quite a few Chuck E. Cheese pins. Mm-hmm. Um, have, have um, man, probably have worked on a whole lot of them, <laughs> right. I was about to say. So, a few. Uh, so, obviously, there was a period where Stern was putting pinball machines into Chuck E. Cheese's. That's mm-hmm. not so much the case now. But during that period, what was happening, and why do we have these kind of Chuck E. Cheese-specific settings in there? Well, yeah, it was designed or purchased specifically to go to a Chuck E. Cheese. So what they did was made them very, make sure they didn't have any adult language or anything like that. So a lot of them were programmed with chips uh, specifically for not just Chuck E. Cheese, you might have for Dave and Buster's or whatever uh, that would be a custom message like that. And a lot of people put their own custom messages, but these were specifically programmed with that in mind not very hard to do, but yes, a lot of them would say things like that and just kind of made it a little more fun, uh, trying to get the highest score, higher than Chucky score or something like that. Uh, so yeah, it was actually pretty common uh, and still is, I think. They still do that type of stuff. Yeah, and uh, Tim, this is where we have the... Like, yes, for the most part, Stern Pinball had a special setup code, Tim. So when it left the factory, if it was mm-hmm. going to a Chuck E. Cheese, they would put in the setup code, and that would basically default all these settings for the Chuck E. Cheese locations. So, and it would do the welcome to Chuck E. Cheese's Worldwide Party and use the characters as the high score save names. Mm-hmm. So most pinball machines were installed at Chuck E. Cheese locations, had the setup code initiated. Other pinball machines we've seen with this include Shrek. Um, Roller Coaster Tycoon, Simpsons Pinball Party, which you actually had in your location for a while. So um, there were several of them that have this. So if you get one of these machines, there's a good chance that from the factory it had the setup code in there to where it, it would just default to this, right. right? I've actually seen a Lord of the Rings like that. Lord of the Rings doesn't so, surprise me. Kind of the same era of Stern Pinball. Yeah, so kind of that era, the uh, same way and stuff. But it was just kind of a fun uh, era. And I would say if you ever run across that at auction... That most Chuck E. Cheese pins, if the tech was worth anything, they did. We did do a lot of 
well, I did weekly cleanings on mine, and we were, um, you know, we tested and played and made sure everything worked on them. So they were well maintained for the most part, even though that they were in a kid's place, and kids just sit there and hit the flippers and kind of beat on them a little bit. But if you ever run across one in auction, uh, they usually won't have as many plays as some other places, and uh, they're usually pretty pretty steady, pretty good games to have. They're usually well taken care of. There you go. So, well, I thought that was interesting, Tim, and Ron sent in that question, question, and, you know, I thought, I thought, man, I have just the guy. <laughs> so there we go. So that's why we have Chuck E. Cheese's Worldwide Pinball Party as the title of tonight's episode. So All right. Thanks for being here for that. Um, John, do they make a universal coin make mod where I can use any coin for all my machines? So yes. I have a 3D printed, I think it's called the Any Coin Mech, Tim. And so if I find the link, I can send that to you, John. But the Any Coin Mech is what I have in a lot of the machines. I have a machine up at our church, Tim, that has an Any Coin Mech in it. It's mm-hmm. because that game is on free play. And if so, if people want to make donations to it, it just falls through and well, lets them do it. So, um, but the Any Coin, and I believe Any Coin is all one word. A-N-Y-C-O-I-N, the AnyCoin mech. And it's 3D pl- printed, so you may be able to find, like, the, the you know, the, the what do you call it? The instructions, instructions for it and right. print it yourself if you've got a 3D printer. But, um, yes, uh, the AnyCoin mech is one that will let AnyCoin through. So, um, and they, like I said, I, I ordered mine, but if you look for them online, you'll probably find them. All right. Uh, Joe says, Tim's glasses with the screen reflection looks like a cop from the 80s with the mirrored glasses. I feel like I need to surrender my license. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least I don't have the Jeffrey Dahmer frames, right? Uh, that's true. Now, we're going to be talking about that right? in the um, in the after show. That is one of the most watched Netflix series ever. Ever. Tim, in the yeah. short period it's been out, just to give you an idea. <laughs> so I have not watched it. Tim has. We'll be talking about that in the after it's show. It's funny you said that. I should have worn. I just ordered. Of course, if you've watched our videos, you'll know that this is a last couple of years. I finally had to go to Glasses John. You wear contacts. I do. I just can't, I haven't went there yet, but I need to try them. But I finally did get some sunglasses that were, so I have a pair of sunglasses. So maybe if I wore those, I could see still, but they really do, those now really do look like a cop. <laughs> so here's the deal, Tim, though. I have been wearing glasses since I was 14 years old, mm-hmm. so I learned how to wear contacts when I was young, and so I've never almost known my life without them. Now, I will say it took me about four hours at the contact place the very first time I had to put them in in order mm-hmm. to get the hang of it, but now it's just something. Well, you can remember the last few years before I wore glasses, I would always tell you, I need more light, I need more light. No, I needed some glasses. glasses. <laughs> when I, I, I kept telling him that. When I, when I first, it was like the first time I tried glasses, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what stuff's supposed to look like. So, mm-hmm. anyway, if you wear glasses, I feel your struggle out there. Yeah, like I said, I mean, my eyes are bad. Now, I am a candidate for LASIK, Tim. LASIK is expensive. Oh. Okay, but I could maybe at one point get, get LASIK. Um, I think it's what? It's two to $3,000 per eye, and insurance wow. usually doesn't cover it. So. Wow, I didn't know that. It was that expensive. So, you know, uh, whenever I make my money, um, then maybe <laughs> I can look at that. But uh, until then, I'm just going to wear contacts. So, okay, there we go. Okay, Tim, we have our rapid fire quick question and answers coming right. up. And this is the last bit of our questions for this month, Tim. Okay. So, with that in mind, let's go ahead and do that real quick, guys. So, we have three, as usual. We have Nick, who says, hi, I have an arcade one up, and the controls won't work. Okay. Okay, so we're arcade one up, Tim. Can I repair it, or do I just need to replace the control deck? Okay. okay. Uh, Jumping General is here. He says, I am purchasing a Phoenix Arcade all original. The seller is giving me the option to have him install a cap kit in the original monitor or replace it with a new monitor. What do you recommend? Okay. And then we have the Razor Show who is also here with us, Tim. And he says, how do you high, how do high scores save on different PCBs? Some use batteries. 
Some need high score save kits. How do I get my missile command to save high scores? Thanks. So, Tim, um, we have two of the three that are actually here in the house with us tonight. But All let's right. take Nick's first here. Now, Tim, um, you helped me assemble an arcade one up that we had. Um, right. The very, the very first one that we got, which is the Atari one here. And so you know kind of how they work. And so with that in mind, we have Nick who's saying he doesn't have, um, his controls aren't working on his arcade cabinet, on his arcade one-up cabinet. So what does he need to right. do in order to maybe tweak that well, or figure it, out? If it was a normal arcade, we would say you check your wiring and make sure it's grounded. But that's not as easy with a, an arcade one-up, but there is a ribbon cable. Correct. And he needs to make sure that it's plugged in good and that there's no damage to it sometimes you could replace that but yeah you may if if it's something and you just can't figure it out or it is a board issue you might need to contact them see what they recommend yeah so there is a um just real quick there is a um box on the back of the monitor that holds the game pcb Mm -hmm. then there's a ribbon cable that comes from that box down to the control deck now it depends on which model you have some of them have some of them have the um have it a little bit different, but most of them have the game board on the back of the monitor mounted and then a ribbon cable going to the control deck. In the control deck, Tim, there's another circuit board that that ribbon cable goes to. Mm -hmm. And so if that circuit board is bad, you could experience what you're experiencing. But make sure that the uh, ribbon cable, like Tim mentioned, is good. That's very important. Tim, we have Jumping General. Phoenix, do I get the guy who I'm buying it from wants to either, or is offering me to install a cap kit or replace the monitor. What do you recommend? Well, we always like to keep things as original as possible, and probably for the cost savings, I would go with a cap kit, but that's just my recommendation. Of course, it would be up to you. You may want the new monitor. A new monitor should last you probably as long as you have the game, so that's something to weigh in consideration, but I would probably just do have him do a cap kit. Absolutely. make it look like new. There you go. So, regs or show. Okay, obviously, PCBs use a lot of different methods for saving high scores. Some of them have that functionality built into them. It's mm-hmm. like a battery pack or something. Some of them you have to have high score save kits for. He's specifically asking about Missile Command, though, Tim. And so, what what can he do with Missile Command in order to save those high scores? Well, currently, the only one that we know of is the Braze Technology Board that would do a Missile Command save kit. And we've talked about that before here on the show. And so that's the one that I would get in order to do that. Now, that I think that game, it actually has an additional game on it. But I think you can basically set which version you want. If you want Missile Command or the other version. And then once you set it, uh, I think there's a combination of key, uh, buttons you have to set or you have to hit in order for it to switch to the other game. And more than likely, nobody's ever going to hit those. So right. you could probably leave it in Missile Command mode the vast majority of the time and be fine. But yes, we do have a link down below uh, there, Regzer Show, uh, for the Brace Technologies uh, B-R-A-Z-E. Yeah, Mr. Command Save Kit. So. Uh-huh. And so, Tim, I think with all that said, I'm going to go ahead and throw this up here. So, like we mentioned about Nick's Arcade 1-Up, check the ribbon cable that runs from the main board to the control deck. Make sure the co- connection is good. You may need to open up the housing on the main board and check the connection there as well. Now, that's important too, Tim. I did not mm-hmm. mention that. Uh, that... That game board housing on the back of the monitor, you may need to open that up and make sure the ribbon cable is good there as well. Um, Jumping general, choice is yours. Like Tim mentioned, we would probably have him keep the CRT and install the cap kit um, because we like to keep arcade cabinets original as long as we can. But if you want him to install a new monitor, no shame in that. You could go that that way as as well. And then regs or show, again, it really depends on the board as to how you're going to do save kit. Um, if the game did not originally have a save function, then you're probably going to have to get a save kit that has some different uh, some different chips in there that do have the capability for save, right, Tim? Mm-hmm. And so that's the case with your Missile Command board. And you can get the Brace Technologies uh, one there, and we have the link there that you can go to as well. 
Okay, Tim, is that everything on those? Anything I think else? So. Okay, okay, okay. Sounds good. I'm going to check over here with the uh, live chat real quick. Um, let's see. Yeah. Are you guys going to, this is from RC Outdoors, are you guys going to Retro Palooza in Arlington? Probably not. Um, I don't tend to go to a lot of the retro game shows unless it's arcade related. I know that they do have some arcade games and things there, Tim, but uh, what about when you? When is it? I don't know. That's a good question. Let me know. Well, I'm maybe. There you I go. Would, I'm not opposed. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, let's see. John says, start to buy your backup batteries for your pins and arcades. Daylight savings time is coming up November 6th. Yes. Um, just as a good rule of thumb, people replace your batteries, you know, when daylight saving time begins or Mm -hmm. ends or whatever. So, um, just to swap out all the batteries in your games, make sure that you don't have any battery leaks or anything like that. Um, so, you know, just a good rule of thumb. A lot of people like that. Yeah. So, let's see... Jumping General, were most factory 80s arcade marquee light bulbs 25-watt or 40-watt? Tim, I want to say 40s. Yeah, I would think more of 40. uh, But just from pulling them out of games over the years, I don't really remember back when they were new because they were new and we didn't really ever change them. They lasted forever. Sure. Um, But most of them that we pulled out seemed like they'd been 40 watts. Yeah, but I mean, choice is up to you. It really depends on really depends on what you're looking for. I mean, you can always put a 25 or 40 if you like it a little bit more dim. We always like it brighter, I think, Tim. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so it just depends on what you're going for. Uh, Joe, steering potentiometer on race drive and any way to clean one that is choppy. I used to use Radio Shack tuner cleaner, but that's impossible to find now. So what's the best thing to clean a steering potentiometer, Tim? Uh, probably just some good, like, board contact cleaner or something. Um that's about all I, I can think of, John. Do you know of anything that would not clean that I them can. Really I good? mean, like I said, you've probably had more experience when it comes to steering potential. Most time, just replace them by that time if you're having to clean it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, there's a the little contact cleaner, the little electronics cleaner with the brush is really good mm-hmm. for stuff like that, typically. And you can still find that on Amazon. Um, you know, even some of that Radio Shack stuff you can still find around. Radio Shack's still in business; they just yeah. don't have locations. So, yeah. I mean, you can order it. A lot of times, you have to pay for shipping, but uh, Radio Shack's still around. They still are carrying most of their stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, let's see. Um, overbuilt guys. I had thought it would be neat to run extra games on my Atari, like an input mod. You know, uh, they got cheap game boxes with any video outputs. Any thoughts? And I'm very handy at rebuilding things. So um, they've got these multi-game boards now um, that you could do a lot with. I, you know, the Atari game that you have, it may depend on like what your control panel setup is as to which one would work best. I mean, you know. How many 16 ones have we seen, Tim? 16 ones, one of the most yeah. popular boards. But if you Everywhere. want, if you want a good selection, and it depends on if you've got a vertical or horizontal game as to which one you want. Um, but they make they make good multi-game boards of both. Most people for classic games like the Game Elf style boards, Tim. Those are very popular, mm-hmm. and they come in horizontal and vertical ones. So um, you could go either way that way. Emulation is not perfect on those. You could always, if you want something that's better, you could always go with either a PC or like a, a Mister type setup if you want to go that route. But if you're looking for something pre-built, already made, uh, your best bets are probably Game Elf and then maybe some of the other like uh, Pandora's Box style boards. But for classic games, I think the Game Elf and the 161, those are some of your best options for those. Um, they do arcade. Um, what's the arcade shop like? Multi-game board guy. I can't think of the name of it. Arcade, the arcade, whatever it is. Arcade SD. The Arcade SD is a really good piece, mm-hmm. a really good board for multi-game boards. So if you want something like that, you could go that route too. Uh, but they've got some out there. I mean, Tim, anything, any, any thoughts on any of the multi-game boards? Well, they all have their advantages and disadvantages. It's kind of a preference. Absolutely. So if you want to go that route, there's no shame in that. 
uh, you know, we, we've got a lot of people who are very happy. Tim, I went and put a joystick on our friend Steve's who, mm-hmm. I mean, golly, he literally wears out joysticks and he's the only one playing them. So, right. I mean, that just gives you an idea of how much he plays, but, um, he had worn out a joystick and he has a, uh, he has a vertical and horizontal game elf board cabinet. He has one of each and they work really well for him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it just depends it's on what you want probably to over five years. Yeah, exactly. So if you look up game elf, uh, on like Google Game Elf Arcade, you'll probably see those boards, and you can get an idea of like what games are on there. And again, it, you want to only put the one on there that's for the way your your monitor is mounted in your game. So if you have a if you've got a target game that's got a horizontal screen, uh, Missile Command, Crystal Castles, you want to go mm-hmm. with the horizontal version. If you've got one with a vertical centipede, something like that, you'll want to go with the vertical one. And you can find both those uh, online if you look. So and there's a lot of lot of sellers. Um, HighScoreSaves.com, Tim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's one of the guys that we uh, usually has quite a selection of multi game boards. You can go there for sure. Yeah, uh, John says like Arcade SD, K, That's another option for you. Pi to Jamma. Those. That's another one that you could go with if you want to go the emulator solution. Um, uh, some of those like um, the Pi arcade options. You'll have to usually get an image that you like and then make sure that you flash an SD card with that image. So that's a little bit more work than just putting a game elf in, right, Tim? All right. So <clears throat> okay, is that is that it? Are we caught up? think so. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay. I think we're to the point where you're going to tell us about where you've been. All right. Okay, so you mentioned you've been traveling. I did. I have. So, so this is the Tim Travels segment. All so right. in Tim's Travels, where did you go this month, Tim? Well, I went to north of Boston, flew into Boston, and about 50 miles north, I was in New Hampshire. Uh, of course, those of us in Texas, you know, like you talked about, we could travel about an hour and a half, and we were in Louisiana. Uh, you travel an hour and a half there, you went through four states. Right. It's kind of crazy, you know, um, that part of it. Um, my hotel was literally in New Hampshire. Um, I walk could walk across a bridge and be in Maine, or I could go six miles south and be in Massachusetts. So <laughs> it was really um, unique to be in that uh, northeastern part and uh, to do some travel. So while I was there... I always like two things I, I, I do when I travel is besides work, I get to eat <laughs> and I like to try local foods, drinks, whatever that they have. And I try to visit some sort of arcade, uh, especially if it's a barcade or something with classic games. So I was in uh, Dover, New Hampshire, and I went to uh, Token's Tap Room. And John's got some pictures I'll show the you. pictures you sent me. Yeah, they had uh, a good selection of a lot of new pins, some really new stuff, and then they also had a, a good collection of classic games and stuff to, to choose from, and uh, was really reasonable. I think I paid $5, and you got like 20 tokens or something, and most games took three tokens to play. It's not bad. So, no, it was a... for I definitely, for 5 bucks. I definitely played probably over an hour. And so that was, I felt like it was well worth the money and the time. Uh, they did have beer there. I don't remember if they had any food. I didn't eat there. Uh, they had, uh, they did have drinks. I think they had some pub style food while you're there. But um, as you can see, it was very, um, it wasn't too crowded, but there were some people there. It looked like some regulars that come in and play. If you've ever been there or if you're ever visiting that area, I would highly recommend going there. Of course, just like most places that we're not used to, John, every parking was a premium. 
I did happen to find and had to parallel park somewhere to get in there. Uh, it didn't only cost me like a dollar fifty for an hour or something for parking. wasn't bad. It was finding a spot that seemed to be the issue. So um, you definitely want to consider that when you go there. That it is kind of in the middle of town. And parking was a little difficult. So I'm looking at these pictures, Tim, and I see a theater of magic for sure. Yes. I see um, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. I see a Godzilla. I see yes. a Stranger Things. I see an Adams Family. Yes. Um, I can't tell what that one is on the end, though. I was having a hard time with that one. Um, maybe I'm having a hard look. time remembering. Yeah, I'd have to look <laughs> at your pictures for sure. Now, on the picture on the right, I see um, Mortal Kombat 2, Street Fighter 2, which are pretty mm-hmm. standard fare, Neo Geo stuff. Um, it looks like we had a couple other pictures here. Let's oh, yeah. Show some got. more pictures. We got, um, oh, here's um, Term- Ter- Terminator 2. Yeah. We've got Dracula and uh, is that Demolition Man? Demolition looks Man. Like? Looks, Dem- yeah. Demolition Man. Uh, we've got a Donkey Kong, a Baby Pac-Man. Baby- it looks like it's fully working. I actually played that several times. That was one of my favorite classic games to get to play. Yeah. And then uh, Space Invaders there on the end. Now, um, the Street Fighter, it looks like we have a Golden Axe here and a Tetris on the end. Is yes. that what that is? Okay. Uh-huh. So it looks like a nice collection here. Now, are this, was this just a sampling of the games, or was this just, pretty much just all they a had? sampling of the games? I would say that was this is probably about half the games that they had. They, if you'll notice, um, I didn't. It said like exit, and there was a door. You see the door in the screen behind that game, and but no, it is an exit. You go that way, but there's a whole other game room over there. So oh, I was like, goodness. oh wow. So that was a surprise. So if you go there, don't just think that one little room is all they have around the curve or corner there and you'll find even more games wow okay i think i think that's all the games i think that's all the pictures you sent me okay let me see real quick so overall what would you rate tokens tap room on your on the tim scale would you uh, like you if, know if you're gonna if you're gonna get a thumbs up thumb, yeah, thumb if you're thumb if you're anywhere near there within 20 or 50 miles it's a must stop um and, and i like to support them and everything so i'll give them a solid um eight out of ten um decoration wise you know we have seen maybe some some cooler decorations but this one really had that barcade feel and i really liked it and the guy was real friendly and um was fun and i talked to him i told him that we were going to do a shout out on the show so hopefully he's watching tonight or watching in the after show he took our information down i told him we would be shouting out and that i thought the games were well maintained uh, that's one thing. All the pins played perfectly. I didn't have any issues. Uh, maybe a ball getting stuck here or there. And he came out. Uh, he was not the tech, but he knew how to take the glass off and remove a ball. So it was good that. So they went through some training. So he gets a solid, a solid eight. They were a really solid eight. And I liked the way that they had the um, screens above the pinball machine, mm-hmm. so that they had the cameras watch down. People right, play. So you could watch people play. That's always a really nice mm-hmm. feature, Tim, when you see that at a location. And there was somebody there that was obviously, uh, you know, John. We're more repairs, and we love them, but we're not like the world's best at playing. I'm not a, I'm not a tournament player at all. Right. And there was a guy there that probably was. He was really good, and it was kind of cool. Uh, so part of my hour might have been 10 minutes just watching him. Okay. <laughs> it was kind of fun to watch. I love to watch people who are really good. Absolutely. So, well, thanks for telling us about Token Sap Room, Tim. Hopefully you guys will get a chance to check it out if you're anywhere in that New Hampshire area. So good stuff. And I'm glad that you got to visit it, Tim. I know you said your trip was kind of tight on time. So I'm yeah. glad that you're able to kind of get one in there. It was. Uh, what's weird is those of you who live there on the West Coast now, it got it got dark at about 7 o'clock. And here in Texas, it still was getting dark around 8 o'clock. So it was like I had to just get off work. I didn't really like to drive 
in the dark in places I didn't know and odd towns and stuff. So I was trying to get there before you can see the sun is already coming down. It's probably about yeah, six o'clock the right there. Yeah, in that little in the little background. You already see it's coming down pretty quick. So it's probably after six. There you go. And it gets dark really fast. It's kind of strange, strange to me. Yeah, and Tim, it's starting to get darker earlier here. I right. mean, it's, Once it, time now changes, it's, yeah, I was about to say, we're getting like there. The same way. But um, it's definitely something that, like during the summertime here, we're usually not dark until At nine. 7 o'clock there, it was dark. Wow. Dark. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Well, we're glad you had a good, good time. Thanks for telling us about it. We look forward to hearing wherever you're going next and right. seeing if you can catch uh, Next trip catch is another, uh, Beaufort, Beaufort, South Carolina. There <laughs> we go. So... Okay, I do want to remind everybody before we move on, Tim, that we have this lovely AC voltage detector and soldering iron that we're giving away. If you will send an email with your shipping address to contest at arcaderepairtips.com, you could win these two items. We will ship them out to you for nothing, for free, just for watching tonight. Now, if you're watching this after the fact, Tim, we usually determine who's going to win uh, shortly after the show. Me right. and Tim, Tim will pick a number at random. He has not seen your contest entries, and I will just nope. I will mm -hmm. pick that one. So, um, But we do already have some. Right. So there are already some contest entries, but you have a really good chance to win if you want to send yours in now. So contest at arcaderepairtips.com. You have till the end of the show to send that email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com. So again, win a nice soldering iron kit tonight and an AC voltage detector. Good things to have in your arcade repair toolbox. So, oh, Tim, I have something down here too. Okay. So I was able to get some of these for a really great deal. And I know not all you guys are arcade one-up fans. Right. right, like some of you guys are and some of you guys aren't. But I thought I would pass this deal on to you. So if you guys are looking for a riser, mm -hmm. I have some. Um, and I will sell them for $35 plus shipping to your location. So if you guys are interested in this, if you have some arcade one-ups and you want a riser for them, $35 plus whatever it costs to ship to you, uh, send an email to Jonathan at Arcade Repair Tips if you're interested in this. So I posted them on the Facebook and the Twitter feed, but I don't know how many of you guys saw it. So I wanted to just throw that out there. If you do have an arcade one up that you want to uh, make a little bit taller, Tim, and yeah, maybe yeah. you're tired of sitting down at, you'd rather stand up at, you mm -hmm. can get this guy and $35 plus shipping to your location. You can have one of these. I have I have a couple of them, Tim. I think in that picture you can see um, I have several. And I'm keeping some for me okay. just because. But um, I wanted to pass along the good deal for you guys. So if you guys are looking for risers, uh, $35 plus shipping, email me, Jonathan at ArcadeRepairTips.com. So, oh, those things are heavy. Yeah, they are. Golly. So, we're giving away soldering irons. I'm giving you good deals on risers. Tim, what else can we do for our audience, right? You got uh, anything else? Well, they can stick around on the live show and we'll talk about anything. There and you go. That I think we've got some good topics coming up. Absolutely. So, uh, now let me check out with the live show uh, chat or the live chat real quick, Tim, before we move on here. Um, let's see. Are we caught up? Do, 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 do. I think we are. Yeah, and people are talking about like converting pole positions to like um, mm -hmm. to pie arcades or going with the main stuff. You can do that, but guys, if it's working, leave it working until it dies. I mean, because uh, I mean, Tim, I hate doing that to a machine that's that's working. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you have a pole position cabinet that's just sitting there gathering dust and it, and the board is toast. Feel free right. to do what you want to with it. But if it's working now, I mean, I'm just under the impression you shouldn't touch it. Now, with that said, it's your cabinet. You can do what you want to do with it, sure. right? I mean, you, if you we'll want to rip out a power, uh, a pole position board and put a meme in there, go for it. Please send that board to somebody who needs it. Right. <laughs> Rehome that board right. and, and find somebody somebody who can uh, who can put it to good use. Right, Tim? Sure. So, but like, I know people like driving memes. Like, I've, mm -hmm. I've, got a, I've got a cabinet in storage, Tim, I really want to make a driving meme out of. So, I totally understand that. Um, if you're do it out of pole position just make sure that you send the board off to somebody who wants it so okay 
I think we kind of caught up with that. Tim, let's go ahead okay. and move into our discussion and news portion of the show. And Tim, I was very, very surprised to see anything Tron Me too. come out. <laughs> but here we are. It's 2023, and we're getting a new Tron adventure game called Tron Identity. And so Disney announced Tron Identity, which is coming in 2023 to PC. Identity is a visual novel adventure following a detective program known as Query, of all the names to give it, of course. Mm-hmm. The game will feature the familiar Tron art style and multiple endings. Finding, finding yourself in a world built on unstable foundations and filled with whispered knowledge, it's up to you to question suspects and investigate your surroundings to piece together the truth reads a line from the game's description so tim this is like a a standard adventure fair i think you're going to go around and you're going to get little bits here and there and then you'll have to solve the mystery so it actually sounds pretty decent yeah so exactly so there's already a page up and tim i think the GameSpot article that we're linking to actually does link to the steam page so if you want to pre-order that game i think that's available to you but uh so excited that Tron is not like just dead on the vine. No. They're actually doing something with the license because I can't even remember the last Tron game that we had or the last Tron license thing that we had. But um, it's really exciting that we are getting another Tron game and hopefully it'll be pretty decent. Looks pretty good. I just got a new PC, Tim, with a halfway decent video card. So I think I'll probably check it out. So and Maybe. I like adventure games. I'm a sucker for them. If they tell a good story, I'm a sucker for a good story, period. Right. If it's a go. book, if it's a movie, <laughs> it's a TV show, if it's a video game, good story makes all the difference. You guys know that book you can't put down, right? Right. Or that show you can't stop watching. It's right. like next episode, <laughs> next episode. I'm a sucker for a good story, always. So, Okay, Tim, next news item here is very interesting. They So last month we talked about them showing like this teaser for a new Tekken, and mm-hmm. the Polygon did the, the article, and they're like, it better be Tekken 8. Right. Well, guess what, Tim? Tekken it's eight. Tekken 8. Right. So it's hard to believe that, you know, I remember playing the original Tekken in arcades, and here we are with Tekken 8, right? So um, Tekken 8 was officially announced at the Sony State of Play Showcase. Bandai Namco released a trailer featuring the first footage of the next-gen fighting game that showed Tekken mainstays J- uh, Jin Kazama and Kazuya Mishima duking it out in classic, in classic Tekken fashion, but with high, but within higher fidelity than ever before. All, all the character models, backgrounds, and effects in the trailer are the same ones used in-game. And Tim, I don't know if you saw the trailer, mm-hmm. but golly, it looks crazy. Uh, stated Tekken series producer uh, Katsuhiro Harada. So there you mm-hmm. go. Um, Tim, it's amazing how far we've come. Uh, I think when we did uh, the original Tekken, you remember how blocky the characters right. looked and everything? Very, and now these guys right. look almost photorealistic. It's very interesting. So, um, But it's, here's the deal, Tim. I don't think we're going to get an arcade version of this. I think it's probably, gonna, it's probably going to skip out, and that's kind of sad. We did get an arcade version of Tekken 7. Um, but I don't know if we're going to get one Tekken 8. I don't know if it's on their list of stuff to do or not. So we'll see. It'll be but, interesting. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll make one. Right. Now, Tim, here's mm-hmm. another thing. Another arcade sequel that's not coming out in the arcade. Mm-hmm. Tato Rail Shooter Operation Wolf gets brand new game 35 years later. Wow. Operation Wolf. Now, Tim, um, we've been to a lot of arcade <laughs> A lot of arcade auctions, Tim. And how many Operation Wolves have you seen in your lifetime? <laughs> a bunch. A bunch, because heavy games just never sell at the auction, mm-hmm. right? Like, they don't. And Operation Wolves, because they have the little pedestal and the guns, mm-hmm. guess what? There's a ton of them out there, and they're heavy as all get out, and pe- they don't usually go for very much. But it is a fun game. 
for those mm-hmm. of you guys who have not played it. And it's I'm glad that we're getting this new version of it. So a new Operation Wolf game is being released on consoles this fall. The game will be an on-rails-like gun shooter reminiscent of the 1987 arcade game with a new art style. In the game campaign, play solo or co-op locally as special agents tasked to fight a criminal organization. The agents are sent on location to dismantle the consortium, eliminate the weapons, and free the hostages from various prisoner camps. Oh, doesn't it sound great? Right. So, um, but it sounds very reminiscent, like it says, of the original game. And so, um, Tim, anytime they can do a sequel for an arcade game from the 80s, I'm like all in typically. So um, I will definitely give this one a shot for sure. Uh, Tim, you have any specific memories of Operation Wolf as far as playing it? I mean, we've played it probably a million arcade auctions. I just remember uh, going into the operator's warehouse and seeing like a whole basket full of those guns. Oh, yeah. And stuff, you know, they would just be everywhere. Absolutely. Uh, YouTube Punk says Operation Wolf's attract mode and demo play is iconic. Yes, Mm -hmm. if you've seen it before, you definitely remember from the arcades. Um, it, it is a fun game. And they made more than one. I forget how many sequels they got, Tim. I think I want to say three. Did they get Maybe like three? Because so. you had like, um, you had like Operation Thunderbolt was mm-hmm. like a sequel, and there were some other ones. I can't remember all the different sequels to it. But um, it is a fun game. I like on rails light gun shooters tim mm-hmm. um, and my son does too because obviously i've talked about this before <laughs> i have put more money in roth rails jurassic park than probably any game in recent memory <laughs> um in fact i probably have put enough to buy one almost i did look up the price tim twenty thousand dollars is a little high for me for, uh, right. for a jurassic park but um i'm probably close <laughs> if i had up all the money that i spent on it so um on rails shooters are fun Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. I like them, and they're they're still fun. They're mm-hmm. still fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Hopefully, it'll be fun. Um, if you have any memories of Operation Wolf, let us know. Maybe did your local arcade have one? Is a really great question. For real. So, um, because I think ours did. I I think the Mazios that I went to, Mazios Pizza here in town, actually did have one. I definitely so. remember one at the mall. Yeah, I don't remember playing it that much until I met up with you and we started going to like arcade auctions. I played it probably more at auction, getting yeah, ready. Say. Just because nobody would be playing it, it would be just sitting there a lot of times. I would just try it. Exactly. So I probably didn't play it a whole lot until after I got into like arcade collecting, but I do remember them being around. It's definitely Mm -hmm. a game that you saw quite a bit. So now, Tim, obviously, this is something that they announced, uh, you know, between last episode and this one. We Mm -hmm. did talk about this being a rumor that this was going to be announced, and now that rumor has been confirmed, Tim, and that is Stern's James Bond 007 pinball table. So, um, the George Gomez design game will initially come in Pro, which is a Dr. No-styled game, Premium, Mm -hmm. You Only Live Twice, and Limited Edition Thunderball models. All editions have an Aston Martin DB5 that ejects the ball through its roof, a three-bank drop target that protects the Spectre Bird 1 rocket that moves when hit, and a Thunderbird underwater fight scene under... Uh, hidden underneath the play field. Which nice. is kind of cool. So, um, have you seen any gameplay or layout of this? I have not seen it yet. Looks pretty cool. Okay. I will say. I Now, I always reserve judgment for when we actually get to play it. Mm-hmm. So, now, Tim, you've played the last couple of new Sterns. I haven't. You found them to be pretty good, right? I, I'm very impressed with a couple of them. Actually. I know. Stranger I really Things. I like Stranger have, Things. I say you've definitely, you've <laughs> definitely revered Stranger Things. Um, now, obviously, they had a Godzilla. What do you think about Godzilla? You know, Godzilla was one of those games that I felt that um, even when I was playing there, it stayed pretty busy. And I kind of played it a little bit more. And I, I see, I know Mark is a huge Godzilla fan. And I would have to say that the more I play it, the more I'm liking it. So I don't know that it's still high on my wish list, but um, definitely... Um, 
do like the game. It's and, it, and the more I play it, the more I like it. I really have the more I give it time. So hopefully, once you go up uh, to North Carolina, maybe you maybe will see, so maybe you will see a um, you'll see a double seven if you get a chance that to play it. Let us cool. know. So because I definitely want to, I definitely want to try it out. So, Me too. Uh, on the twenty second, I'm going to Dallas. Um, kind of as a guy's trip to go to the National Video Game Museum oh, going to Frisco because I haven't been there before. How fun. And I know they have an arcade there. Right. But maybe I can talk my buddies into going to um, like a free play or somewhere like that and we can try some of these new pinball machines. Because I, I have not yeah. gotten a chance to play a lot of these new pinball machines. Just haven't been able to go to right. you know, um, you know um, where uh, they are. <laughs> all these different things. So it is what it is. But anyway. Um, so hopefully I'll get a chance to do that. Hopefully you will too. Really want to try out the 007 for sure. Uh, let's see. Eric says, I remember playing many hours of Double Dragon Pole Position in Operation Wolf at the grocery store in 86. Mm-hmm. So grocery store. Yeah, arcade games and grocery stores. Mm-hmm. I remember that. You remember that? First time I ever played Pac-Man so, was at a Joe grocery says, store. Joe says, played Operation Wolf in the wild and loved it, but put way too many quarters in it. There mm-hmm. you go. Um, so it is a fun game, you know, and overbuilt on the fun days of old. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, our, our grocery store, Tim, that I used to do, that's where I played a lot of the games that I, that I love now. There's a Walmart and a grocery store. The Walmart had the, had Mortal Kombat 1 when it first came out. And I remember just kids being around that all the time, Mm -hmm. like playing Mortal Kombat 1. Our grocery store had several of the Capcom fighters. Okay. So, which is where I played a lot of those Capcom fighting games and things. So, uh, Real Hammer Billy Lee, after Operation Thunderbolt, there was Operation Wolf 3 and Operation Tiger. Yeah, okay. I remember Operation Thunderbolt. I do I remember seeing remember Operation Tiger. Wolf 3. Um, I do not remember Oper- Operation Tiger. I do so, not either. Um, I, Thank you for that. Yeah, though. exactly. Because, I mean, some of those, I don't remember all these games, guys. There's too many arcade games to, to name them all. So, But good stuff. Now, Tim, I already mentioned this, but I'm going to mention it one more time just to remind people. Uh, let's see. Limited quantity of Arcade 1 Uprisers available. So, and like I said, Tim, you can see how many I have there. So, um, you know, we were able, I was able to secure a very limited quantity of risers for a reduced price, selling them for $35 each, plus whatever it costs to ship, ship to them if you're interested. Uh, please email me at jonathanarcaderepairtips.com with your shipping address, and I will give you a quote on how much it'll cost you and send you an invoice for the total amount if you're interested. So, just a reminder. So... Oh, Joe says, uh, Raleigh, North North Carolina here. I can show you around all the tiny hole-in-the-wall places, Tim. Oh, good. So there you go. I don't know how far that is from Beaufort, but I will be in Beaufort. There you go. South Carolina. Okay. Uh, Tim, before we wrap up, I do want to talk about something that dropped just today, and that is the Super Mario Brothers movie trailer. Oh, I saw that. Hey, did you watch I, it? I did see that. Uh, what did you think? It looks pretty interesting. I, it? I actually yeah, like it. I know, I know that Chris... Pratt is getting a lot of hate <laughs> right. from a lot of people about like accents and things like this. Yeah. It sounded okay. I thought it was fine. I'm okay with it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So um, if you guys have seen the trailer, though, let us know what you think. I'd love to hear it. Uh, we're about to move into the after show, guys. We're wrapping up the regular live show. So if you guys have any questions or anything like that, please feel free to get those in before we wrap this up. Of course, they're always welcome in the after show as well. But Tim, the only difference between this show and the after show is that anything goes, right? Right. Like any question is open, not just arcade repair related stuff. So, but uh, anyway, uh, let's see. I'm just reading through here. Okay. I think we're good. Are we okay. good? Okay. So I think we're pretty much caught up. Uh, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw this up here as a reminder to everybody that we always do. We want... We want your arcade-related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're always looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade re- repair-related topics. Um, if you send a link to your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com, our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure you put a plug-in for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. 
So there you go. Um, always looking for that, Tim. As you know, we've played many of these like before the live show, mm-hmm. um, kind of in that little pre-show uh, you know, view and stuff like that. So if you guys want some free advertising for you, a lot of you guys may be on just the cusp of getting monetized with YouTube. If that's the case, let us drive some traffic your way and help you out. So again, questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com if you want to do that. And let's talk about the ways you can get in contact with us, guys. We have our general email at questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Questions at arcaderepairtips.com. If you put live show on the subject, we will save it specifically for the show. Otherwise, we'll try to get around to it when we get an opportunity to. That's questions at arcaderepairtips.com. So we also have our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. Of course, those of you guys in the live chat know this, but if you're listening to this on the podcast, then you may not. Um, but we do cover the comments from the last live show on the next episode. We try to. So if you guys leave comments, Comments on this episode 68. We will try to cover any questions you have on episode 69. But you can find the YouTube video for this particular episode at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. And Tim, something to remind everybody is if you are listening to the audio version of this, if you want to listen to the after show, you need to look up the video for this episode to do that. We do not put the after show on the audio podcast feed. And speaking of the audio podcast feed, Tim, we do have that on iTunes. We have that at iTunes.ArcadeRepairTips.com. We have a Spotify page at Spotify.ArcadeRepairTips.com and a Stitcher radio page at Stitcher.ArcadeRepairTips.com or wherever you find wonderfully great podcasts. How about that, Tim? Is that a good way to say Sounds it? Sounds the best way to if say it. If you do a search for Arcade Repair, you'll probably find us. So there you go. Um, but uh, we always have the live show audio on that feed, Tim, but we also have some interviews from time to time. Uh, whenever Eric and, you know, whenever they get around to do, mm-hmm. and Rusty end up doing the question and answer podcast again, if they ever do, we would put that up there. But it's more than just this show now. It's kind of an, our entire feed worth, worth of stuff. So, again, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And then we have our social media pages, Tim. We have our Facebook page at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com, facebook.arcaderepairtips.com. And we have our Twitter page at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. You guys can find us at both those locations. We do cross-post the information, so if you follow one or the other, you don't necessarily have to follow both. Same information can be found in both places. And we do want to thank Mark, our community manager, for his contributions as well, Tim. I always want to make sure that we thank him. He does a really great job with Pinball News especially. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you, Mark, for all of the work that you put in, and we do appreciate it. And make sure if you guys like if you guys like um, arcade related news, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We'll have plenty of it there for you. Well, Tim, I think this is um, this is the end of the regular live show. Now we got a couple of things here. Um, Jeff says, "Hey guys, um, this will be a whole new time to discuss, but has the arcade game uh, Polybius ever been identified and authenticated? LOL, I want one or to make one. So um, big <laughs> rumor there." Uh, Jeff, but um, a lot of people have made custom built ones and uh-huh. have, and there, I think there is actually like a game that you can load on it that's supposedly like the real one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Polybius is just an urban le- urban legend, right, Tim? I don't think so. It's all an yeah. urban legend, as far as we know. Yeah, um, play. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, who was the who was the one that did the whole breakdown on that? Was it Catherine? Uh, what's her name? I can't remember her last name. I'm sorry. Um, but there's a whole like urban legend breakdown on it that you can read on some on some of the websites out there. But yeah, I think for the most part, just an urban legend. Some might made up so i know that makes it less special in a way tim but mm-hmm. you know it is what it is if you want to build one and put if you want to build a multi cane and put polybius on the, on the top go for it for sure absolutely so um joe says that buford is way south north north carolina if you get bored i highly recommend grandy uh there's a pinball museum there he says oh nice so there you go and youtube Hunt says urban legend as well 
Uh, let's see. Angry Nerd did an episode on it. Cat Despira, thank you. Yeah. Cat Despira was the one. She has a great article series on it that you should read. So, um, if you want to know about Polybius. But yeah, it's, it's Urban Legend. Urban Le- Legend. Urban Legend. Uh, you know. So, I wish I could tell you better than that. Uh, let me remind everybody. Last chance. Last chance to get in on, uh, a nice, uh, a nice portable soldering iron and AC voltage detector. If you guys send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com with your shipping address, we will uh, pick a winner at random and hopefully ship this to you, whoever you are. Right, Tim? That's right. So there you go. So this is a nice one to keep in like your portable toolbox when you're going out to places. Nice thing to have with you. And of course, this is nice for all sorts of different things. Not just uh, arcade, but household things as well. AC voltage detector. So we will ship this to you um, should you win the contest. And so we will notify you via email. Make sure you put your shipping address in the email. Contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Send us an email there and we will pick a winner and send it to you. Tim, is there anything else before we wrap up the live show? What do you no. got for the after show? Well, we're going to talk. We got some good... A lot of sports to talk about. Some shows that we've been talking about. Uh, I've been busy. I've, I've been. You've been busy. Been pretty busy. So we're gonna have plenty, plenty to talk about. That's right. Um, so I went to a concert. Okay. I went to a baseball game. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, and I've watched a ton of stuff since then. Um, uh, the one I will tell you about a show that I was. Eh, uh, okay. How about that? And I will tell you about a show that I was two thumbs up on okay. so you'll get kind of a whole thing and me and tim have watched uh let's talk about the three things that we've watched together and we'll discuss those okay um elvis right which was on hbo max mike um, on hulu, hulu which is about mike tyson and facing nolan which is a documentary about nolan ryan on netflix so we will Correct. definitely be discussing those in the after show if you want to stick around and hear about that so uh but other than that i think this will be um this will be it for the regular live show so if uh this is where your off ramp is we want to thank you for joining us tonight we want to thank the live chat for being here tim we had a lot of people here tonight yeah, it was really good. great we want to thank text jyt for uh donating twenty dollars tim technically thank he's you. a producer tonight of the show so <laughs> <laughs> because he donated so thank you for being a producer we're gonna put you in the credits if we had any we put you there <laughs> um and then uh, we again just thanks to everybody who chimed in who gave uh People ask questions, people who helped other people. Guys, it's just like a big family around here. Right. Uh, we might as well call this place the Olive Garden, Tim, because when you're here... <laughs> or your family. Your family, there that's right. So there we go. Okay, but again, this this concludes the regular live show episode. If you stick around for five more minutes, we'll start getting into the after show where we'll talk about some different topics. But if this is your off-ramp here... Thank you for being here for episode 68 of the live show. And we do want to remind you that when you're here at Arcade Repair Tips, when you fix the game... You play the game. Take care, everybody. everybody. Yeah, we'll see you either in the after show or we'll see you next month for the regular live show. And uh, look forward to that. Happy Halloween. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.